The second key to unlocking the heart of the five spiritual faculties is virya, energy, effort. And it is said that the Buddha spoke, maybe spoke more about right effort than any other topic. And I've reflected on why that might be so. And I think it's because there are so many pitfalls. There are so many ways we can get out of balance, we can drift off, we can strive too hard, making too much effort, or we can be too slack and not making enough effort. And for each one of us to find the balance, it takes a lot of experimenting. It takes a lot of going to extremes, falling off the path on the right, getting back on, falling off the path on the left, getting back on, and eventually getting to a place where we recognize what the middle path looks like. So, when we have faith, we need energy or effort to kind of move us along the direction that we see we're being called. But even having faith, it's not automatic that we're going to have energy or be willing to make the effort. And it's said that the uh, proximate cause for the arousing of effort is a sense of spiritual urgency. In Pali, it's called samvega. And that means that there's a certain quickening of our, in our heart, that I gotta do it now. And that's not, that's not rash, it's not, it's not logical, it's just there's a, a feeling of uh, an urgency to follow the path of our faith. And for that we need to make effort. So remember the, the story of the uh, Siddhartha, or uh, Prince Siddhartha, when he, was, when he got outside his father, the protection of his father's uh, abode, his realm, or whatever, and he saw, meaning he understood uh, deeply in his own heart, mind, uh, the fact, the adult facts of life of aging, sickness, and death. And when he saw, when he understood that this is a truth that all beings uh, have to deal with, uh, it awoke in him some urgency to get to the bottom of it, to, to uh, understand, really, how to not suffer, even with those conditions. So this was you know, the awakening of Sanvega, this urgency for him. And we too can have, you know, any, anything in our life can really awaken us to an urgency in our own life. And sometimes there's a great loss in our life, maybe a relationship, or we lose a parent or a friend, or there's some other need, some other, something else that just attunes you to there's another dimension of life that isn't being acknowledged and recognized. And it's time to do that. So, it is, it is said that this Samvega urges us to, you know, follow our path, and for that we need to make effort. Now, effort, you know, is, it takes effort to make bread. <laughs> it takes effort to go shopping. It takes effort to do anything. And if it's going to be a long, enduring effort, 
or project. It's going to take not just a hurried effort or an intense effort, but a gradually growing, manifesting, and an energy that doesn't collapse. And I think this is something to watch for in your own practice when, you know, we sit down, or maybe it's the first sitting of the day, or at the beginning of the sitting, and we've got this, we've got this kind of energy that is really upright and alert and, you know, remembers what we're doing. And somewhere in the sitting, somewhere in the retreat, somewhere, you know, in the year, we just go, <laughs> you know, and our energy inside the heart collapses and the body collapses, the mind collapses, and we just kind of, you know, wallow around. We lose that urgency, we lose sight of that possibility, and we just, you know, the, the energy collapses. And when energy collapses, you know, you just can't uh, move the mind. You can't, you can't remember what you're doing, you can't move the mind, you can't, you can't overcome any obstacles that appear. So, but it's easy to get out of balance. It's, it's easy to strive too hard. So when I went to the monastery in Burma, you know, in, at, at this monastery, you know, the schedule is wake up at three, alternate hours of sitting and walking until 11 o'clock at night. And as Upandita, my teacher, said, you can sleep as much as you like. <laughs> Between 11 and three. <laughs> and, that was, and he wasn't kidding that's it, between 11 and 3. So I set my alarm, and of course, that was not my usual sleeping pattern, but I was, I was on fire to practice the Dharma, and I was ready to commit to that, so I set the alarm. And when the alarm went off, I was out of bed, boom, practicing, okay? And, you know, it went that way for, you know, some time, I don't know how long, weeks, month, maybe, two, I don't know. And I used to report every day to Pandita. And it was two o'clock, it was my time to show up at his door and go in and give a little report and he'd say something back to encourage me. And it would take 10 minutes total. But it was silly, really, something you look forward to with dread. But nevertheless, <laughs> you look forward to it. And uh, one day, for whatever reason, I slept for five hours. Maybe I set the alarm wrong or didn't hear it. I don't know why, but I slept for five hours. So. Went to the door, you know, opened the door to step in, and usually walk in the room, it's a nice, cool, quiet room, and have to walk from here to, you know, 20 feet, and do my bows, give my report, and he would say something back. But this time, this day, opened the door, stepped inside, and from over there he said, how many hours did you sleep last night? <laughs> I wanted to say, I only sleep four. But that night, I slept five. So I said, well, you know, I overslept, I slept five. Please try harder. End of interview. Okay, now that was really interesting. It was like shocking, actually. <laughs> because I realized something. He wasn't kidding, and he knew. When you're practicing with someone who knows like that, you don't have to fear anything. You, you don't have you can, you can be totally naked to yourself because they already know. They just know they know the mind so well they can see it written all over you and as he could and he wasn't kidding. You know this is serious business. 
So, but it was very relieving to know that well, I didn't have to edit my experience at all. I could just go say whatever, whatever was going on, whatever I thought, whatever, whatever I noticed, and it would be okay because that's the way it was. And I didn't have to try to please him. So this kind of effort where it's just like no holds barred, go for it. Uh, I had that kind of fire in the heart, fire in the belly, whatever it is, when I went there. And after some time I realized I didn't need uh, four hours of sleep. I was waking up before the alarm. So I said, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to make a vow to get up when I wake up. Meaning, as soon as I woke up, I was getting up. Didn't matter how long I slept. And I did that for the next, well, four, four, four or five years, four and a half years. And for three and a half, four of those years, about an hour and a half a night. Wow. Didn't get sick. There was times I was tired. But what happens is, effort to get the ball rolling, to get the momentum going, is hard in the beginning. But once there's some energy, once there's some momentum to your mind, it's almost like you have to take the pedal, your foot off the pedal, and just barely touch the pedal to kind of keep the momentum going. And it doesn't take much energy. And when you're not expending your energy and you're not thinking, the mind doesn't get tired. Thinking is what tires the mind. That's why we have to sleep so much. Mm-hmm. When you're just watching the mind, and, and, and the mind is thinking, but you're not, you're not investing it in thinking, you're not investing in the thinking, you're just noticing, then the mind just stays lit up. The, the development of mindfulness as a factor of mind is not the factor that goes to sleep. When you go to sleep and you turn off, turn off the lights, so to speak, of your mind, Mindfulness doesn't go to sleep. Some other part of your mind goes to sleep and allows you to kind of not be aware. But mindfulness is still paying attention. So, this effort, this energy, as Ramana Maharshi says, no one succeeds without effort. Mind at peace is not your birthright. Those who succeed owe their liberation to perseverance. Just persevering. No matter what's going on, just persevere. And it's not grim. It's not grim. It's interested. Taking an interest, an ongoing interest. So, another one of my spiritual teachers during the early years was Don Juan and Carlos Castaneda. And Carlos writes, Don Juan had assured me that in order to accomplish the feat, of making myself miserable, I had to work in a most intense fashion, and that that was absurd. I had now come to understand that I could work just the same in making myself strong and complete and whole. The truth is in what one emphasizes, he said. We either make ourselves miserable or we make ourselves strong. The amount of work is the same. That's true, too. It takes a lot of energy to make ourselves miserable. We have to hang on to a lot, and we have to go unconscious. We just have, and, and we can do it, and we all know. 
And it's the same amount of energy to let go after you get, you get energy. Mindfulness practice may be the only, only effort you make that doesn't deplete energy, but arouses energy. So with faith and a sense of spiritual urgency, we make effort to become more mindful. 